I thank God for all who have led us in this wonderful celebration of worship today. It has been so uplifting. On this special day, as we look back on our church's illustrious past, we also look ahead to our bright future. Accordingly, the title of today's sermon is Prospective Faith, God's Potential. I will read Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21 from my own translation of the Greek. <clears throat> now to him who is able to do abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations into the ages of the ages. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 begins, Now to him who is able. What a fitting description of God. God is able. Genesis 18.14 asks, Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Luke 1.37 declares, Nothing is impossible with God. God is powerful. God is skilled. God is capable. God spun the stars and set up the moon. God divided the Red Sea so the Israelites could pass through to freedom. God sprinkled bread from heaven to sustain weary wanderers in the wilderness. God took a kid and a slingshot and brought down a giant warrior. God, one early Sunday morning, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. God's strength is stupendous. God's might is immeasurable. The God we worship has unfathomable potential. Ephesians 3.20 continues by saying, God can do abundantly far more than all we ask or imagine. Let's take a moment to digest this. Ephesians 3.20 does not say God is able to do all we can ask or imagine. It does not say God is able to do more than all we can ask 
or imagine. It does not say God is able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine. It says God is able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine and then some. The scripture struggles to find a superlative that's sufficient to describe God's potential. God's ability is so incredible that it cannot be exaggerated. It can't even be conceived. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I feel like, feel like it's daring me to try something. And when I read this verse, I feel like it's daring us to imagine something God can't do. So let's try it. Think of something so wonderful, so good, and so amazing that it could never be accomplished. Imagine a world where everyone has an adequate home, a safe and stable shelter over their head at night. Sounds outlandish, I know, but God could do that and more and then some. Imagine a world where every child has a loving, supportive family. Sounds outlandish, I know, but God could do that and more and then some. Imagine a world where the prevailing desire is not personal fame and fortune, but service to other people. Sounds outlandish, I know, but God could do that and more and then some. Imagine a world where everyone has enough to eat and nobody is food insecure. Imagine a world where we are no longer divided by skin color or economic status or education level or neighborhood of residence or family name. Imagine a world where persons with disabilities are always viewed as especially valuable persons with distinct gifts to share. Imagine a world where the popular kids and the misfits view one another as equals, where varsity athletes and honors students respect one another's interests and abilities. Imagine a world where everybody hears the gospel spoken lovingly and has a chance to freely respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. Imagine a world where everybody's chief objective is to glorify God in word and in deed. Imagine a world where church is where everybody wants to be on Sunday morning and the traffic on Sundays is just as bad as it is on Mondays because everybody's trying to get to worship. Imagine a world where integrity is the norm, where joy is the culture, where peace prevails in the public square. Imagine a world where everybody loves everybody else. Sounds outlandish, I know. 
But God could do that and more and then some. Somebody may ask, Preacher, if God can do all that, then why doesn't God do it? Well, when Christ returns, I believe God will do all this and more. God will set up the divine kingdom in fullness and heaven will take over. God will right every wrong. God will heal every hurt. God will wipe every tear. God will eliminate pain and death and all shall be well forever and ever. This is our firm Christian hope. As 2 Peter 3 indicates, we can view the delay of Christ's return as an opportunity for people to repent and be reconciled to God through Christ before the final judgment. Until then, while God can do all kinds of things, God desires to work through God's children. God chooses to work through God's people. I think it was St. Augustine who said, without God, we can't. Without us, God won't. God desires to work through us. And that leads me to the craziest sounding part of the whole verse. A phrase I have been pondering for years and still can't wrap my mind around. The end of Ephesians 3.20 simply says, According to the power that is at work in us. God is able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine, and then some according to the power that's at work in us. Please don't miss this. The immeasurable potential of God is in us. The Greek word translated work in this passage is energumenane, which is related to the English word energy. This is not the type of energy you get from a good night's sleep. This is not the type of energy you get from a good cup of coffee. <laughs> this is supernatural energy imparted from heaven. God has deposited a portion of divine power inside every Christian believer. God has infused a portion of divine strength in every Christian congregation. The same power that spun the moon and the stars is working in us. The same power that divided the Red Sea is working in 
us. The same power that sprinkled bread from heaven is working in us. The same power that raised Jesus' body from the grave one Sunday morning is working in us. God can do more through us than we could ever imagine and then some. It might sound crazy to think there could be adequate homes for people around the world. But in 1965, in America's Georgia, three Christians, Clarence Jordan and Millard and Linda Fillmore, hatched an idea called partnership housing. The concept was that persons without an adequate home could work alongside volunteers to build simple, solid homes that they could live in. The loans on the houses would be interest-free, and the cost of building would be covered by a special fund called the Fund for Humanity, which would be supported by donors and fundraising activities and the interest-free payments on the house from the homeowners. They started with 42 homes on a piece of farmland in Georgia and have been growing ever since. Today, this ministry is known as Habitat for Humanity International. Their work spans 70 countries and has helped to enhance the living conditions of over 35 million people. Through a ministry three Christians started 56 years ago, God continues to provide solid homes for people around the globe. It might sound crazy to think that every child could have a loving, supportive family. But in 1944, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, two Christian women, Marguerite Bonema and Mary DeBoer, began taking in orphaned children. After a while, they started a group home so they could take care of more kids. But they wanted to do even more, so they ended up starting an adoption agency. Today, it is known as Bethany Christian Services, an international adoption outfit that finds loving parents for children all over the world. They have three offices in Virginia, including one right here in Richmond. Through a ministry, two Christian women started 74 years ago. God continues to provide loving parents for children around the globe. It might sound crazy that the prevailing desire of people would not be personal fame and fortune, but rather service to others. But this is the testimony of a Christian man named Curtis Martin, an NFL Hall of Fame running back who read scripture before every ball game. In his Hall of Fame induction speech, Martin admitted that he never really wanted to play football, but he started playing during his senior year of high school in order to have a positive activity to be involved in. He was such a natural talent that he went to college on a football scholarship and then was drafted into the NFL. And even then, he was hesitant about playing. But his pastor, Reverend Leroy Joseph, told him that maybe football was God's way of allowing Martin to do all the good things he had been wanting to do for other people. And sure enough, Martin has used his fortune 
to provide help to single mothers, to persons with disabilities, and to children's charities. Through Martin's dedication to Christian service, God has provided many blessings for countless people. We must not underestimate God's potential, for nothing is impossible with God. And we must not underestimate our own potential because the very power of God is at work in us. Take a second and think of something God might want to do through you. And please don't be too realistic. Think of the most important, holy, good, and godly thing God could ever dream of doing through your life. Whatever it is, God could do that and more and then some. We must not let the drudgery of the daily grind dull our imaginative hopes for ministry. We must not become imprisoned by mundane patterns of life that diminish our aspirations. I once heard a preacher say we should all attempt something so great that it's doomed to fail if God is not in it. Can you think of what God could accomplish through this remarkable church in the next century? God could provide a solid shelter for every person in town. God could provide food for every hungry individual in the county. God could get the gospel lovingly communicated to everybody in the whole area and fill the baptistry again and again with new believers in Jesus Christ and fill our campus on Sundays with folks eager to worship and serve our crucified and resurrected Savior. Of course, to see amazing things like this happen, we've got to believe they are possible. God is not satisfied with the status quo. God is not pleased when we aspire to be average. God wants us to have bold dreams for ministry and mission that we could never accomplish without God's assistance. One day, several years ago, I was moving a bunch of bricks on a hand cart. My daughter Maggie, who was two years old at the time, was hanging out with me and she indicated that she wanted to try pushing the cart. Here was a two-year-old toddler wanting to push a load of bricks around. There's no way Maggie could have moved that cart if it had been empty, and much less with the 30 or 40 bricks that were on it at the time. But I enjoy doing things with my daughter and I want to teach her to try things in life. So I told her she could try it. Little Maggie grabbed each side of the cart, just as I had been doing, except a lot lower. 
And she stared those bricks down. And she started pushing. I know this because the load didn't budge, but her little arms tensed up and started shaking against that load of bricks. And when I saw that, I reached over and took a hold of the cart from a higher position, and I began to push right along with her. Together we walked in lockstep until we got those bricks where they needed to be. I did most of the work, of course, but she was so happy to have pushed the cart. Likewise, friends, because of God's power working in us, we are able to accomplish feats far beyond our own limited capacity. Because of God's power working in us, we are able to achieve accomplishments beyond our wildest aspirations. Because of God's power working in us, we are able to exceed our own limited abilities and do remarkable things for God's kingdom. That's why verse 21 says, to God be the glory. <laughs> to God be the glory in Christ Jesus and in the church in all generations into the ages of the ages. To God be the glory because God is strong, God is good, and God is at work. To God be the glory whenever we participate in any holy accomplishment. To God be the glory whenever we play a role in any kingdom work. To God be the glory whenever somebody gets a solid home or a tasty meal or a loving family through the Christian compassion that we demonstrate. To God be the glory whenever somebody hears the glorious gospel of Christ and puts their faith in Him and is baptized and experiences salvation and joins the church. To God be the glory whenever we find strength to do something outlandish for God's kingdom. To God be the glory because God works through God's children. To God be the glory because God works through God's people. To God be the glory because God works through God's church and to God be the glory for all the marvelous and amazing things this church will do in its next century. To God always be the glory because God is capable. To God be the glory because God is skilled. To God be the glory because God is able. Yes, God is able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine and then some and then some and then some and then some more according to the power that is at work in us. Amen.